Welcome in to the New Orleans Saints podcast, hosted by Aaron Summers and John DeShazer. You'll hear from players, coaches, broadcasters, and writers who cover the team on a daily basis. The New Orleans Saints podcast starts right now. Here's your hosts, Aaron Summers and John DeShazer. Welcome into the New Orleans Saints podcast. I'm Aaron Summers. The first 10 weeks of the season are behind us, and while it has been up and down at times, the Saints do sit in sole possession of first place in the NFC South at 5-5 five and five on the season. With a bye week in week 11, head coach Dennis Allen said it is a good chance for the players to get away and reset. Look, first and foremost, I told them, yeah, I want you to get away. I want you to uh, get some rest. Uh, I want you to work on getting your bodies and your minds back um, and and get ready to uh, make this stretch run. That's really what this is. That's what this is about. You know, um, you know, we did the last we did the same thing last year and, and, you know, finished off winning three out of our last four. And so we've got to we've got to kind of, you know, hit the reset button just a little bit and, and you know, come back from the bye and, and, and be ready to go, uh, you know, for this stretch run. There have been some major milestones hit this season already. Taysom Hill recorded his 10th receiving touchdown in the Saints win over the Chicago Bears on November 5th. That put him alongside Pro Football Hall of Famer Frank Gifford as the only two players in league history to record 25 rushing touchdowns, 10 touchdown passes, and 10 touchdown receptions. Cornerback Paulson Adiba was named the NFC Defensive Player of the Week after a three-takeaway performance in Week 9. Rookie kicker Blake Groupie earned NFC Special Teams Player of the Week honors after hitting two 50-yard field goals and all four extra points against the Patriots in Week 5. Speaking of that game, New Orleans pitched a shutout 34-0 in Foxborough that day. And Alvin Kamara broke the New Orleans Saints touchdown record, passing receiver Marcus Colston 72 with a rushing touchdown against the Patriots. AK grabbed his 73rd touchdown. He currently has 74 total. Defensively, the Saints are tied for first in both takeaways and interceptions this season with 18 total takeaways and 12 INTs. This season, we've had several players join us on the New Orleans Saints podcast, and today we've put together some of our favorite moments in a best of episode. Let's start it off with safety, Tyron Matthew. How do you like being one of the older guys on the team? I mean, it's, it's fun, right? Um, but, you know, a lot of times, like, they, they just make me feel so old, right? <laughs> and, you know, I'm, I'm in a locker room, and, you know, all these young guys, and they're like, I was nine years old when I started watching you play. Yeah. I'm like, bro, what? <laughs> I'm like, oh, you're just making me sound like I'm 40 or something. You know what I mean? But, uh, I mean, it's cool. You know, obviously, I, you know, got a lot of got a lot of knowledge and wisdom that, that I can share with those guys, uh, even outside of football. So, uh, man, you know, I think that the biggest thing is just, you know, just taking on that responsibility, you know, just trying to encourage those guys and, and mm-hmm. push, the, push those guys towards, you know, some of the things that I was kind of able to, you know, accomplish, you know, in my career. So uh, I think that's, you know, most of that's what that's all about, just trying to see those guys, you know, do well. Is there a big gap between the music that they listen to, what they like to, to do, you know, that kind of stuff, like social media? Um, no, I don't think it's a big gap. Um, 
you know, I think I'm I think I'm still hip. You know what <laughs> I mean? I, I got a ten year old and a nine year old son, yeah. so it's like even if like a trend comes out tomorrow, I'm pretty sure I'm gonna hear about it like tonight, you know what I mean? Uh but uh I like to play slow music sometimes, uh-huh. right? And you know, a lot of these guys they yeah, you know, they didn't, they didn't, they didn't, they didn't grow up on that slow, right, right. slow genres like I did. So, <laughs> I got to cater to their ear, you know, uh, a lot. Yeah. <laughs> you mentioned you have two sons, but your daughter, you are gonna spoil the crap out of her, aren't you? She got, she got me where she want me at. Yeah, that's my baby right there. So, uh, yeah, I'll just say that she, she got me exactly what she want me at. You know, I'll probably stay there forever. So How old is like, she right yeah, now? She's three. She'll and she already has older. you like that. Yeah, yeah. She, I mean, she's smart. She, she, she's a smart three-year-old. She's intelligent. Um, and so, uh, you know, I think me and her, we got a, we got a really, like, uh, unique bond. Mm-hmm. You know? Me and my sons were good, but they, they kind of getting older, right? Um, they think they know everything. Right. You know what I mean? So Good I got to kind of let them bump their heads sometimes, but... Uh, <laughs> You know, for her, it's like, you know, daddy, daddy, this, daddy, that, daddy, that. So, uh, you know, she keeps me humble and she keeps me grounded, you know, for sure. What's going to happen when she wants to go on her first date? Um, I think I might go. <laughs> I, see no, I see no problem with me sitting in on the first date, you know. So you're going to be sitting, like, behind them in the movie theater? Yeah, sit with them. Yeah. So, I, I might cry. Oh. I might cry. I might cry. Yeah. I might cry. I gotta let her go one day, but I'm crying. You have some time. Yeah. She's only three. <laughs> We're okay. <laughs> Offensive lineman Cesar Ruiz has been a staple of the Saints line, earning a contract extension before the season started. Here he is talking about what goes into his game day fits. I felt like this is a good opportunity for me to really, you know, like, because being an offensive lineman, you know, we're not really. We don't get any, like, shine on TV. We don't get any of that, you know. So I feel like, you know, people don't really know about us. So I feel like this would be a good opportunity for me to really show people, like, who I am and express myself, you know, just like, hey, like, you know, I'm styles. I like clothes. You know, I like to do stuff like this too. And just really just, like, have be vulnerable with everybody and show everybody, like, hey, like, um, this is this is also a part of me since, you know, now we're showing people, like, you know, walking in and stuff like that. So I, I kind of use that as an opportunity, like, just express myself more and just let people understand, like, who I am. How much thought goes into it? Is, is that a night before plan or is that, like, two, three days before plan or is that a get up in the morning and this how I feel plan? Oh, no, every outfit is planned out. Every outfit is planned out. I know what I'm wearing on uh, Sunday. I know what I'm wearing next week. Uh, so it's planned out. Um, space Wait, so is how planned. Who it out? You? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I plan I'm like, all right, I'll, all right, I'm going to coordinate this. Let me make sure I don't wear none of this jacket. Make sure I don't wear these jeans put on the hanger and just put it away from everything else. That way I don't mess up the outfit. And I normally play them like two weeks ahead. Like it's not like a, a long thing I do, you know, I'm not mm-hmm. sitting there for like hours. I'm like, all right, I'm probably wear this this week. Definitely going to wear this suit this week, you know, stuff like that. And you plan it down to shoes. Yeah. Jewelry. Yeah. Um, pretty much depends. Like, like in terms of like jewelry, I'm not, when it comes, when it, it's like away games and stuff, I don't want to be, I kind of like want to wear suits. I want to look, um, my business look, mm-hmm. you know, and then uh, so I use that as more of like, you know, I don't really wear my jewelry, I don't really wear anything. Then home games, I'm like, all right, it's, t- it's an opportunity for me to express like my fashion sense and my stuff like that. So, um, and in terms of like just like the accessories, I might just like, hey, I'm not gonna wear nothing, mm-hmm. or um, that's that's like a game time decision. That's like a night before or a couple days before decisions. Like I don't know, I might not. Depends how I feel. Who's the best dressed on the team? 
Uh, it's a it's a few, man. Um, I respect a lot of people's styles. Um, I respect Demario's. Um, Jameis has stepped it up for real. He's he's made a statement this year. Um, Alvin, Alvin's a guy who um, who I, I I say Alvin because we have similar like fashion sense, like in terms of like what like things we're interested in and like things we wear. So he's a guy that I see like we have. Cause we talk about clothes all day. Mm-hmm. So Alvin's a guy. Uh, he's definitely high on my list. Um, Cam for sure. I think those are the those are the then then four right. Cam, Demario, Alvin, three. So those are three that um, that are high up there on my list. How could you not say you? Oh, because I feel like it's already like I don't have to. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I got you. I got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You. you know, <laughs> I feel like I don't really have to, and uh, yeah, I feel like I don't really have to. You know. Who do you sit next to in the locker room? Uh, at game day or here? Here. Oh, Jameis. How is that? <laughs> amazing. <laughs> it's amazing because um, it's – I could come in one day and not be feeling great or, like, you know, I come in, like, I got a little cold or I, I'm coming in, like, I'm a little tired. He's not tired. And he, he got energy. And um, he's always there to, like – he's just – he's, he's overall a great teammate. And being though I get to experience it all day uh, is amazing. Like, he's there to uplift you at all times. He's always going to have you smiling. And it's just it's just great to not only have him as a teammate, but to have him as my locker mate is was, was amazing. Who's the funniest guy in the locker room? Jameis. It's not close either. Jameis. Oh, is he? Because I mean, I've heard I heard there's, Cam. There's, well, I've heard Cam slice some people. I mean, slice them up pretty good. Cam Jordan. Yeah, Cam Jordan. As a now, Cam's funny. Yeah, Cam's funny, but I, he's not like hilarious. You know, like. <laughs> James is hilarious. You. I got you. Like, I got you. Because James you know? is, yeah, I, I got you. Yeah, I, I, yeah there's like, a difference. James is hilarious. Cornerback Alante Taylor got thrust into a new role as a starting nickel this season. It's been a process, but Taylor has continued to improve. Because you played outside corner last year, now you're moving to the nickel this year. Uh, it obviously takes a, a, a minute to, to get comfortable there. And I think I asked you this maybe yesterday or the day before. How, what, what is your comfort level there now? Actually, it's crazy. When you asked me that, um, I said, you know, I'm getting there, I'm getting there. And I kind of went home and I thought about it. And if we had to put it like on a on a percentage, right, from zero to 100, yeah. I would say my, my comfortability playing in the slot would be at like a 80, 85% comfortability-wise. But as far as like trusting my own technique, because I'm still learning the technique, I'm still learning leverages, I'm still learning help, I'm still learning those things, I would be more so like maybe 60%. Uh, 55 60 um because it takes reps right and on top of that everything's moving fast and so i'm still learning it but i kind of had a conversation with somebody yesterday and he kind of told me like it's new to me right and i'm still mm-hmm. learning but the nfl doesn't care other teams don't care yeah. right and yeah. so and i already knew that but it still, it still felt good to hear that from from a guy's like they don't care that you're still learning they're still going to attack you and go at you this and that um but that's that's what we get paid for to go out there and compete every Sunday. Can you give us an idea how how hard that is to play the slot? Because a lot of people say, well, he, he plays corner, so he ought, he ought to just be able to step in there and play it, you know. But obviously, it's it's a different animal than playing outside. So can you give us, I guess, a, a gist of how difficult it is to pull it off? Very difficult. I think if you ask any corner um, in the NFL, what's harder, corner or nickel? I really think that they would say nickel just because there's so much space and there's so many places that they can go. And everybody says, well, corner's got to be the hardest. But I can move back to outside corner and I'd be shut down. And the numbers that everyone talks about as far as how bad I'm doing, right, mm-hmm. would be totally opposite. 
because I would be locking things down on the outside. You have the sideline right there, mm -hmm. right? So you can be as physical as you really need to be. Um, and then the quarterback has to kind of go through his reads and the ball has to come out quicker. In the slot, a receiver can literally get one step on you and throw you the ball, throw them the ball, and he's probably going to get a couple yards after the catch because you're playing off and you don't know which way he's going to go. Um, and you also, like, look at run pass. You have to read offensive linemen. You have to know where linebackers are fitting. You have to make sure it's a run before you trigger. You have to make sure it's a pass before you back up. It's, it's so much as you have to see in the nickel position. There's so much you have to know as far as D-line fronts, linebackers. And on the outside, you're either going to play man, you're either going to play zone. And you can just play that. You don't have to think too much. And then your biggest opponent is yourself. And then in the slot, it's yourself, it's the receiver, it's the quarterback, it's reading all these different things. Um, so I think that's that's like the hardest job that I'm, ha I'm having to get into. But, I mean, going into year two, being in NFL, kind of getting that under my belt now, and I think it's just going to help me later on um, in my career, though. How much is that the preparation going into the game to be able to recognize things that you see or just instinctual, like, okay, if this is how they are, then this might be what happens? Uh, I think I'm still learning that that side of it. I feel like I have to do better on a preparation side of things. Um, watching tape from last year, as far as like when I would watch opponents and uh, things like that, I have to watch tape totally different. There's way more notes having to be taken. There's way more time having to be put into rewinding, playing, rewinding, playing. Um, and like I said, like I have to improve there. And I think when I start to do better there, then I'll start to see the success on the field. Um, and that confidence, I think, will grow. Um, last week was probably the first time that I could say that I watched a whole lot more tape than I've ever watched. And I think it showed um, mm -hmm. going into the game. And I was more confident out there. My swagger was there. Um, so I think that's what I have to improve on and continue to improve on. And just because I watched more last week, I can't say, okay, if I watched 12 hours last week, I'm going to just watch 12 this week. Right. This week I might have to watch 20, right? And so I just have to make sure I watch a lot of tape and just know that when I go out there, like you said, it's not just of instinct, instincts and things like that or this is what they do. It's more of, okay, these are the possibility of things. You've seen this on tape. You've seen that on tape. All right, let's just play it this way and then react to everything else after that. But if I don't watch the tape, I can't say, okay, I've seen this. This is what this policy is coming. Now it's just I'm going to try to match every single movement that this receiver does. And on tape, if you watch tape, tape maybe he doesn't even do all that, right? So, yeah. How quickly do you have to process all of that information in the moment? <laughs> Quick. Yeah. Like, ball snap, see it and play. And it's a lot, like I said. And I see why, you know, you don't see many high-paid nickels in the league, right? You don't see a lot of guys in the league that are playing the nickel that's just very successful, like you would see corners, because guys are still learning. I think mean, whoever you would consider the best nickel in the league, he's still learning himself. Um, so it's it's a lot, but... You know, it's a position that's being needed now that the NFL is growing to playing 11 personnel on offense and you're playing these 4-2, four, 4-3 four, receivers who can play. Um, and so now you have to find guys who can play that nickel job. Defensive tackle Colin Saunders, or Bink to the players, is a man of many talents on and off the field. One of his passions outside of football is music. It's a hobby. Uh, it's always been a hobby. Um, it's always just been something that, you know, I, I kind of do to decompress, but also just, you know, for fun. Because I love music. I love it, you know, beyond making it. I just love listening to music. I love, you know, hearing lyrics. I'm a big lyrics guy. I'm a big, uh, I'm big into lyricism. So, obviously, it's crazy coming down here. My favorite rapper is actually on the wall, Lil Wayne. Um, and that's been my favorite rapper, like, my whole life. I'm talking about 
I think in sixth grade, I had him as my Facebook profile picture. So <laughs> that shows you the fandom right there. But um, but no, just like, you know, I, I've always, I relate to lyrics really well. You know, I relate to, you know, people's uh, triumphs and what they go through. And that's what kind of got me making music and stuff is just want to be able to kind of share my own stuff, you know, share my own triumphs and stories. And um, and that's always been a, you know, a hobby um, all the way from college till now. Really, honestly, the only reason I got stuff on all platforms and like all major streaming platforms is because of my uh, old teammates uh, in Kansas City. I was just doing it, you know, for fun, making music like really didn't even show too many people. But one day. We came in and um, we had some guys on the team who actually like were serious in making music and they were playing their music. I think we had like Le'Veon Bell at the time mm-hmm. and then we had um, Bashar Breeland at the time. And they were showing, you know, they were playing each other's music in the locker room. And, uh, you know, everything died down. And then I, I played one of my songs and um, everybody was like, who is this? And I'm like, it's me. And they're like, bro, you need to. It, this is before I got it like professionally edited and mastered Mix, and mixed yeah. and stuff. It was just like something I made in my in my basement. And they were like, bro, you need to start getting this stuff professionally edited. And so I did release my first song. That was really real. And after that, like I played it to my surprise. I'm talking Coach Reed. Coach Tobe, like everybody, like, hey, I didn't know you made music, man. That was, was kind of was really nice. I'm like, bro, the coaches listening to my music, like, <laughs> so that was that was kind of that was that was eye opening, and um, that's what kind of made me not, I wouldn't say take it seriously, but just start actually trying to make music, like yeah. make content more than just a song every so often. So I put out an album and stuff, and um, but yeah, it's you know, I it was like I said, man, it's all for fun. I'm I'm in the NFL, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. I'm not trying to make it out off music, you know what I mean? So, luckily, you know, I can keep it free and flowing instead of, like, forcing it, trying to make it out, you know what I mean? I can just, you know, when I feel like it, I do it. And um, it's been fun, man. It's a great way great way of expression for me, you know, going through some things and going through anything, man. It's it's a, it's a good way to kind of just let it all out. You a Lil Wayne fan, you're going to freestyle for us. You know, you, did you see him freestyling with the Fugees? I, I didn't see it, but I you saw it. Yeah, I'm going to look that up on Twitter after this. got to see that. Man, he, the greatest, dog. Yeah. The GOAT. Like, I, it's just mind-blowing. Like, how are, how are you a Packers fan, bro? Like, <laughs> like, it just doesn't – I don't – I don't get it. You yeah. know, I don't – I ain't like, trying to disrespect – <laughs> I ain't trying to disrespect the GOAT, nothing, but, like, bro, like – Come on now. You know what I mean? We're going to get them back, though. Don't worry about it. My first order of business as a New Orleans man is to get Lil Wayne's fandom back to New Orleans. There you go. You said that you really like the lyrics. Um, What are some of the stuff that you've, subjects that you've sung about? Man, a lot. You know, I think that everybody got different experiences and stuff. Um, Everybody goes through different stuff, man. I I make music about just whatever I'm going through at the time. You know, um, obviously, it's a it's a lot of differences. You know, going to the NFL or becoming any type of personality or quote unquote famous to to your peers. Um, and I make music about that too. You know, like I don't know. You know, y'all y'all haven't known me for for that long, but um, I am a very just relaxed down to earth type of dude. I don't I don't think, you know, money makes anybody better than anybody else. Um I still when I go to St. Louis, back to my, you know, home, mm-hmm. I do the same stuff. You know, I go to the same places and, you know, I'm not looking for 
oh, I'm in the NFL. You should give me this for free. Like, that's just not me. You know what I'm saying? I, I've always been that way. And so um, it's kind of a culture shock, you know, making it to the NFL. And then I think Jay Z said it when he was like, you know, you think people think you work that hard to stay the same. And um, that that's the truth, though, you know, like kind of people changing around you. And it kind of like reveals different stuff to you. And um, that's kind of, you know, that's one of the topics I make music on. But I make I make music on a lot of stuff, um, just depending on how I'm feeling. You know, like if I'm feeling festive and uh, more bouncy mood, make some bouncier music. If I'm feeling more, you know, in a more saddened state, I got I got my ride wave, uh, <laughs> my ride wave days where I'm just like, you know, got to let out some 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 stuff. So. Uh, but no, man, music, music helps me a lot. Like I, you know, just going through anything and obviously not trying to dampen anybody else's day. Cause that's one thing about me. I come in and, you know, I make people laugh and stuff like that. And, you know, some days, um, it's harder to do that than others. Um, you know, with going through things, whatever you're going through personally. So I think that, you know, that's where the lyricism comes in. You know, guys can, like, I listen to ride wave sometimes and I'm like, man, this dude, you know, going through some of the stuff you go through and, it's just it just makes it fun, man. It makes it relatable when you get to meet those guys. It's like, wow, man, you you know, you're a real pioneer for this and I appreciate you. Wide receiver Chris Alave is settling in in year two with the Saints. He currently leads the team with 657 receiving yards on the season and has three touchdowns. Oh yeah, I love it out here, man. It's it's a great culture. It's like Ohio State. Uh, just a winning culture, a winning tradition. <laughs> a lot of competition, which I love. So, uh, I'm excited to be here and uh, be here for a long time. Well, yeah, it's like Ohio State. There's like 59 Ohio State guys on the <laughs> roster. <laughs> you know, is that kind of, you know, a comforting thing? You know, you see, you know, Mike and Pete and, you know, this team has has a relationship with Ohio State. It's exciting, man, especially when I came in last year. You look across, you got Pete over there, Marshawn. Uh, we had Roby. Uh, look on the side and you got Mike. Uh, just to have that, that mindset uh, you know everybody got the same mindset which is to win and to compete so uh, I feel like I feel like uh, it's huge for us to have and uh, makes us uh, going going out there to compete even easier you came up with Rashid Shahid obviously has a very different story than you do being an undrafted free mm -hmm. agent but it's been nice to have somebody go through a rookie season with you in your same position oh yeah it was huge uh, I knew I knew he was real good from the beginning but when he got out there uh, from his from his uh, ACL and started running routes I knew he was kind of different so uh, I know he's a different player he's a rare player like I say uh, there's not many players like him in the NFL so uh, I'm excited to see where he goes I know uh, he's so dangerous when he get the ball in his hands so I'm excited to watch him in the future what have you liked about your position coach in Cody Burns uh, he, he's, he's a challenger uh, even when we have a good game he wants us to be a perfectionist and uh, he has the highest standard for our, for us and uh, I feel like uh, that's, that's what we have for ourselves so uh, we all similar with a uh, similar mindset and uh, he, he raises the bar high in that room so I'm, I'm excited to have him as a coach. Cornerback Isaac Yadam has filled in seamlessly when called upon. He's played in eight games this season, started one, and boasts seven passes defensed and an interception. He has a unique story as the son of Ghanaian immigrants. My dad came over first, brought over my mom. My mom, she didn't uh, read or write English, so it was really hard for her. Uh, English wasn't my first language. I speak tree. That was my first language. So I learned how to speak English through TV, through school. Like, we taught my mom how to speak English. So it was for sure different, but um, it was a great opportunity, you know what I mean, to uh, 
see things in a different, you know, I have a different heritage. Going back to Ghana two, three years ago, uh, I got to see where my family's from. Uh, I don't get to speak my language much because I don't really have nobody to speak it with now. But, like, even when I went back, I was talking to my grandma and the language and all that stuff. So it, it's great to be a part of something different. Which TV shows did you use to to help teach you oh, like when i i don't even i can't even remember <laughs> anything dora spongebob anything just really just anything you know when you were a kid you just watch tv and you just say the stuff they saying and you know you just go to school it's, that's just how you learn honestly and, yeah, barney yeah and, I, I, barney, <laughs> and a lot of like my span hispanic friends growing up yeah. They have the same kind of story. They only sp spoke Spanish, and their parents only understood Spanish. They always say the same thing too: is that uh, TV is how they learn how to speak I English. You know, how difficult is that to fit in a world where you know it's it's really not your first language? Right, right. They people say that English is the hardest one to learn, mm -hmm. or something like that. Uh, people say that, but I don't. I feel like when you're young as a kid, it's super easy. You yeah. can you can learn three, yeah. four languages as a kid. Yeah. So um, your sponges then. Yeah, yeah. It was it wasn't it wasn't hard for me at all. It was just something that was just second nature. I was speaking English and tree and mixing both of them together at the same time. Well, sometimes I guess the playbook kind of looks like. Um... <laughs> right. Yeah. So, right. Especially here. Uh, what's it been like for you? Because you know now now here you are you know playing corner for the Saints and you know I think the team's got five interceptions. You're personally responsible responsible for two of them uh, one you got I say in the end zone the rest say at the one mm -hmm. and the other one where you make the deflection and, and Marcus May comes up with it uh, what's it been like for you being thrust in pretty much uh, when Paulson Nadebo was out and, and and getting a chance to be a playmaker right uh, I think I think through OTAs and in camp I gained the trust of my teammates so they know that if uh, something ever happens and they, my name is called, I'm be ready. Uh, of course, I'm blessed to be in the, this is my sixth year in the NFL, so I know how to prepare like a pro. Uh, I know how to study like a pro. I know how to be ready like a pro now. It's not like I'm a rookie, so I've had a lot of football experience, so it's nothing new to me. And I just think when it comes to getting the ball, something that we emphasized all offseason, all camp, like creating turnovers, getting the ball, getting our hands on the ball, uh, creating takeaways. So it's just something that we're trying to do. And if we can get two a game, that's great. If we can get one a game, you know, there's there's always uh, so much left out on the table. You know what I mean? Like we can't drop balls. It's, if you count every single ball that you could have caught, you'll lead the league in interceptions every single year. So it's just something that we've been trying to emphasize. All right. Six years in the NFL, and this, I believe, is your first NFL game in Gillette? Right, yep. Yeah. Never played in Gillette. Yeah. Never Great played in Gillette. Research by J Mac. Now, yep. <laughs> now, so but you had but you had a high school game there. I did. Yep. What do you remember about that game? Man, we we won a state championship there. <laughs> yep, in December of I think thirteen, and me and my buddies when we go home, we still talk about it. We still got our rings from that, and like I came from an inner city school. I think we never won a state championship in any sport, and we have about six high schools I think in our inner city. So. uh it, I mean, it was like a huge accomplishment then, and like uh, it's still a huge accomplishment for me now. And I never, I think, I think my jersey still because they take uh, the jerseys from each game and they put it in the Patriots Hall of Fame. I think mm -hmm. for all the high school jerseys, so I think that still might be there. But uh, that was a unbelievable moment, uh, walking away with the win. And I've only every time I played there in high school or in college, I only won in Gillette, so I'm looking forward to going there Sunday and doing the same thing. I was about to say, we need to keep that going. So yep. so from the euphoria of that night, winning the state championship and, and all those accolades and you know, playing at Boston College, did you see an NFL future? Um, when I was in high school, I wasn't really 
I, I wasn't really looking that far. I was just so uh, hyped and amazed that I made it to the D1 level. So it was all BC. But towards the uh, end of my career at Boston College and when I got a chance to play at Gillette, it was always a dream of mine. And playing at Gillette was like, okay, I, I want to do this one day. I want to be here one day. So I'm super blessed and super excited to go back and be able to do that. Thanks for listening to some of the highlights from our first 10 weeks of play. I am sure there is a lot more to come. Enjoy this weekend, and we'll be back in full force for week 12 as the Saints head to Atlanta for their first divisional matchup against the Falcons. Thanks for listening to the New Orleans Saints podcast. Join us three times per week on NewOrleansSaints.com, the Saints mobile app, or you can download the podcast on iTunes. We'll see you next time right here on the New Orleans Saints podcast.